Here are some thoughts while looking forward to a double feature at the new Beverly Cinema, Quentin Tarantino's House of Magic. The Ultimate Thrill and Night of the Juggler, two films I directed and haven't seen on a big screen in decades, are apparently not available on DVD. Thank you, Quentin, you film-reviving maniac. The Ultimate Thrill, 1974, an independent was the first feature I worked on aside from a number of Disney films. I believe that producer Peter Trainer hired me based on my work on The Blue Knight, a TV special with William Holden. The ultimate thrill was shot in Vail, Colorado. I recall in pre-production, sitting at the lodge looking up at the mountain and planning shots to move locations sequentially downhill, so we wouldn't be fighting gravity unnecessarily in moving equipment for setup changes. That's a seemingly obvious decision-making process, but the kind of practical bite-by-bite planning so integral to filmmaking. Once up on the mountain with the vistas in the clear air, the work was totally exhilarating. I remember on the first day of shooting when I showed up on the slopes wearing my obsolete leather ski boots instead of the up-to-date polymer type. The ski advisors chided me for showing up to work in bedroom slippers. The cinematographer Isidore Mankowski also operated. Funny guy is sometimes called Captain Midnight. Often I would be laying out an upcoming shot with him, framing, lighting, camera movements, whatever, and turn to him to find him gone. Short attention span, I guess. Or maybe he got it and wanted to get to work. So why hang around listening to a verbose director? John Davis Chandru plays Evans I had worked with on a Columbo episode, Publisher Parish, in which he played a psychopathic bomb maker. Britt Eklund, smart, sly lady, would playfully mock Eric Braden's physicality sometimes with various animal grunts and groans. Preparing for the scene where he tears her clothes off, she advised him, please just don't go below the timberline. From the snowy mountain tops of Colorado to the humid summer streets of New York, invigorating too in its own way. As an L.A. native, I realized I'm a very different species, but I always enjoyed working the New York cityscape for the people, their go, and for the crews of direct, hard-working urbanites. Night of the Juggler was and is one of my favorite projects. So many fond memories there. Though it hasn't made it to DVD, I'm told it has made Flavor Wire's list of 50 films that capture the dark side of New York, so that's good. This was brought to my attention by my friend Chris Coles, currently an artist based in Bangkok, who worked on the production team. Unbeknownst to me at the time, he proficiently conducted cash payoffs to numerous local groups and factions, which probably enabled the whole production to take place at all. We were shooting Juggler at the same time Walter Hill was making The Warriors, and we would pass their production trucks on the streets of New York. I'm a big fan of his and of the Warriors, which was, of course, shot almost entirely at night. When I came aboard Juggler after the first director, Sidney Fury, became ill and had to leave, it occurred to me that our script, titled Night of the Juggler, actually contained no night scenes. 
I brought this up in a meeting and won a couple arguments. The cast of Juggler, to name a few, were James Brolin, real, strong, physical, dauntless. Whatever you do, do not touch that man's kid. Dan Hadaya, with those burning eyes, completely enthusiastic and helpful. He nearly gave his life for the film, literally, when a lack of communication led to a couple real New York cops reacting appropriately when they saw this madman run into Bryant's park with a shotgun. Unaware he was an actor working on a film, they chased him down with guns drawn. I later had the privilege to work with Dan on the series Hill Street Blues. Mandy Patinkin, the cabbie, what can I say? He didn't need much direction from me, most certainly. Cliff Gorman, intense, soaring energy, and completely convincing. I recall he came up with the don't-give-me-that-witch-doctor-bullshit line to the non-English-speaking truck driver during the car chase. Richie Castellano, so very New York and natural, and always pulling pranks and having fun. I loved his delivery of the line, I got a feeling it's going to be another goddamn New York day. The car chase, I took over production a couple shots into that sequence, so I came up with most of it, and I think it holds up. Trying to execute such action in the streets around Central Park these days is hard to imagine. After the cab crashes, I think there was a short exchange of dialogue between Patinkin and Brolin, which we cut out in editing to keep the pace up. The shot of Brolin rolling off one of the cars into the street was the last shot of the whole production. It always reminds me of immense crew relief. Writer Rick Natkin, sharp and on the set always, available, ready, collaborative. He adored the line from the wino in the vacant building, which the actor may have come up with himself, repeating it often on the set like a mantra for the whole crazy film. You're a dirty man. Cinematographer Vic Kemper, whose many credits include Husbands, The Candidate, Dog Day Afternoon, and Mikey and Nicky. At some point, we discovered that we had both come from the same backgrounds in live television. He from New York and me from CBS TV City in L.A., which, as an aside, I've always thought was the best kindergarten in the whole world for storytelling with cameras learning from the likes of John Frankenheimer, Frank Schaffner, Arthur Penn, and Rod Serling, all crafting narrative through lenses. Vic shot much of Juggler with no artificial lighting. He said he simply didn't want to deal with all those big lamps, and film speeds at that time were getting faster, which helped make that possible. One anecdote with Vic the argument between Brolin and his ex-wife in her parked station wagon we filmed near the end of a particular day. I remember I grew frustrated with the staging and rehearsal, and Vic passed by me and almost sang quietly, Don't give up. It turned out to be one of the most realistic arguments I ever got on film. Always interested in film scoring as an ex-musician, I greatly admired composer Artie Kane, one of Richard Brooks's favorites. His score for Juggler is understated, minimalist, disturbing, and great. Additionally, I am thoroughly honored to have this double feature scheduled in the midst of the new Beverly's month-long tribute to William Friedkin and a slew of his masterworks. 
I saw Friedkin at a Directors Guild program when he spoke and presented Sorcerer a couple years ago, and as he said on that night, all our projects are like our children. Some need more help than others. You, the audience, whom I've always tried to keep dead on first in my mind, can decide for yourself how much help the ultimate thrill and that of the juggler might still need. Regardless, I hope they give you at least a fraction of the joy they gave me as I worked on them.